I I totally I totally it's when he starts his lead. I know exactly what you're talking. Okay, I totally hear that now. Um <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, welcome back to another episode of Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords, the show where you talk about your favorite album, and I try to get you drunk doing so. Uh, I am your host, John Paglisotti, uh, and I'm here with Mr. Will Jerome Heddle. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing great. How are you, John? I'm doing well myself. I'm uh, nursing a little bit of a hangover. I was in the uh, Redefining Records mobile podcasting studio last night up in San Luis Obispo and uh, went a little ham with the uh, beers portion of the uh, band's beers and buzzwords. So it was fun, though. Well, little hair of the dog today. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope it I hope it picks me back up. But anyways, um, let's uh let's talk about music news news. all right uh today in music news we have uh confirmation that tame impala will be releasing a 10-year anniversary special edition of their best album uh do you know which one that is <laughs> well, it's interstellar. That's a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It's it's inner it's inner speaker. In case in case you're wondering, in case you're wrong about it. In case yeah, in case the audience is wrong too. That's their best album. Are you are you familiar super with that album? Uh, you know, I've listened to his discography, but you know, I don't. I haven't gone through it enough times to really be able to, you know, pick apart uh, his different albums and whatnot. I feel it. Yeah, he's uh, he's not quite a uh, contemporary of the band we're talking about today, huh? Not quite. I do. I do <laughs> love him though. <laughs> well, before we jump in, I do need to shout out uh, Redefining Records. Uh, everybody should go and follow Redefining Records on Instagram. Uh, as well as follow this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever app you're on, hit follow, hit up Redefining Records. Follow me if you want to. I'm Delta Dagger Music on Instagram, and I'll post uh, updates for the pod there as well. Will, do you want to shout out any socials? Oh, geez. Uh, uh, my Instagram's Wajettle. Wajettle. I'll, I'll let you guys figure that out. <laughs> Only the worthy can follow Will on on Instagram. It's a series of uh, of riddles and tests. Uh, and we are we're anti SoundCloud in here. Yeah, dude, anti SoundCloud, uh, but pro whatever uh, platform this thing is going to be published on. So there you go. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get started. What album do you have for us today? I have the Joy of Motion by Animals as Leaders. Oh, that's a that's an awesome album, dude. I'm so glad you picked it. Um, why don't you start off by telling us why 
No, actually, sorry, I'm going to have to re- redo this a little bit. Tell us who you are and why should we trust you? Uh, my name is Will. I, um, I play drums. I play drums a lot. I have played drums with John a whole lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a progressive metal record. I currently play in a progressive metal band. Um, and uh, sorry, you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I think that's. I think that's good. What? Uh, what band do you play in? Uh, it's actually I, I can't say right now, but oh shit! Okay, okay. You guys will all find out soon enough. Yeah, Will is a cryptic guy, man. It's hard to find him on Instagram. He's in secret bands. What are some bands that you've played in in the past? Maybe with me or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, John and I played in the Real Savage Henry uh, in Vila Vista. Uh, what that that was what like three years or something doing that it's like 2015 through 18 yeah um, and then uh when john started delta dagger um we played a few shows together um that group as well um i also used to play in a band um we're technically not we're, we're kind of on like semi-permanent hiatus uh you know how like bands do that um mm-hmm. it's a, another metal band called house of wolves um it's a fun one uh i was at least before the pandemic hit um i was the touring drummer for slender bodies um which is an indie pop band a little different direction but you know i i don't discriminate based on genre i love all kinds of music i love playing all kinds of music that's awesome. And I, I can confirm that Will does certainly play all types of music. Um, gotta stop you, though. Uh, mention a band you used to be in is your first buzzword. So that is a drink. All right, I'm, t- I'm taking a big old swig of wine. Big old <laughs> swig. Um, I'll intro the game real quick uh, for new listeners. Basically, I have a uh, list of 20 buzzwords here for Will. And uh, if he says one of them, uh, he has to drink. Uh, I'll go ahead and cut those in uh, for you guys to hear so you can play along with us at home. uh, And you can tell maybe sometimes I'm going to be baiting him into saying one. Um, So that's the game. I'll go ahead and cut now for the uh, buzzwords. This week's buzzwords. Use the term mathy. Use an onomatopoeia. Talk about your middle school music taste. Use the word gent. Talk about jazz. Mention a band you used to be in. Refer to an album made post-1990 as a record. Use the phrase ahead of its time. Mention the band periphery. Name a specific guitar. Mention a time signature other than 4-4. Say the word drink. Mention the Facebook group Tosin a Postin. Mention Abbasi concepts. Describe a sound as technical. Mention polyrhythms. Say blast beat. Mention the big four metal bands. Use the term clean and end a sentence with I don't know. All right, that's where the buzzwords are going to be. Um, 
So, dude, let's jump into this record. Uh, Joy of Motion, Animals as Leaders. What made you choose this record? Uh, well, it's it's a really special record to me. Um, I'd say, you know, being a drummer, like the drumming obviously had, had a big influence on me. Um, the drummer is Matt Garska. He obviously plays in a metal band, but he has a very strong uh background in jazz fusion drumming and you know he went to, went to berkeley school of music um a lot of gospel chops uh type stuff so uh you know he is super technical in his playing but he's also very dynamic and creative with his parts um so you know he you get the same sort of, you know, power that you get and, and speed um, that you get from metal drummers, but uh, he mixes in all this finesse and uh, stylistic stuff that uh, a lot of other metal drummers uh, at least weren't really doing at the time. Um, I'm going to I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you real quick. You got two. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah, uh, talk about jazz. No, you, I, I didn't. I always leave the musicians and like band name alone, but uh, you got talk about jazz and describe a sound as technical. Oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, those, here's the thing after you, after you hit one, it's done. So you, you can yeah. say that all you want now. Um, but uh, no, to your, to your point, you're on, on a very good, uh, role there to your point that's something that strikes me about this album too is it's you know as a whole um kind of stemming from matt garska's drumming as well as uh i think you know tosin's guitar playing javier reyes's bass i mean everybody who worked on the album is incredibly talented but i i one cool thing about this uh this album is it it really does blend so many sounds um you know and it's it's something i feel like sometimes uh, metal, especially like progressive metal, can be so uh, intimidating and like hard to get into for people. And and yet this album, like you could show this album to somebody uh, who's maybe not into metal, and they they'd still probably get something out of it. You know? Um, yeah, it's a it's a really dynamic album. It, it's it goes to all kinds of different places. Uh, actually, I do have a minor correction. So Javier actually also plays guitar. They both play eight string guitars. Um, oh no way and actually uh there are two people who cracked the bass on that album it was uh misha mansoor and uh adam nolly get good both members <laughs> of periphery at the time anyway. at the time well mentioned periphery is one of the buzzwords <laughs> yeah, there we go <laughs> there you go um that's funny. I yeah, for some reason I thought uh Javier played bass, but yeah, it, the the kind of dueling eight strings is such a cool uh concept. Um yeah, you know, obviously they do a lot of like two-hand topping and stuff like that. So, um with their right hand, they'll be playing bass parts on the low strings of the guitar and so I don't know if I said right, with their right hand they'll be doing that. And then with their left hand, they'll be doing uh leads on uh, the upper strings, the guitar, and you get two people doing that. So you get like four uh, different string instrument parts happening at once. 
Yeah, it's it's insane. If you know the audience has never seen these guys play, for sure look up a video of of uh, Tosin or Javier. I mean, they're they're animals, and there's kind of a cool story behind their their guitars, right? Is there a cool story behind their guitars? Well, they're 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 the Tosin Abasi guitars. Oh yeah, so uh, I think Tosin started making guitars quite a bit after this album was released, but he definitely plays his own models now. Um, oh, I gotcha. Okay. But yeah, th- those are gorgeous guitars. You know, definitely check online or Instagram um, Abasi Concepts. Uh, he just makes these insane looking beautiful guitars and that they sound incredible too uh mention a bossy concepts is one of the buzzwords so. <laughs> <You're dating. laughs> dude you you've hit a lot i think this is the most someone's hit like in a very short period of time but that's probably because i know you and i, yeah, I know I, what you're gonna say <laughs> you know me well you you know the music well you've talked about this stuff before <laughs> that's um, right but yeah it's i mean it's a testament to tosin's abilities as a musician that he he essentially got to the point where nothing on the market quite uh did what he wanted so he went out and he started making his own guitars he has effects pedals too um uh, he'll partner with like um who does he partner with um i think wampler brian wampler he's partnered with some very legit boutique pedal guys and made some effects pedals um i think misha mansoor has pedals too anyways they they're super talented guys to the point where they're essentially building their own gear in order to get uh get these sounds um i'll i'll knock this one off too name a specific guitar was one of them I, i say i think we both got close enough to that one let's we'll take a drink for that all right um i do wanna i wanna go back to your question on a you know, one, like the reasons I chose this album, um, there, there are a couple, you know, aside from the influence that's had on me and, uh, my playing as a drummer and my understanding of drumming, uh, I also think this album has changed, uh, the genre of progressive metal in, in general. I think, uh, you know, they brought a lot of new tools to, um, uh, to the genre and uh you know at, at the time like it came out in 2013 or something and that was kind of that was kind of a tipping point when metal bands that didn't have a whole lot of money like started actually having well-produced music <laughs> like um <laughs> yeah so uh nolly from periphery uh he does periphery's audio production and he, he produced this album um and so, I mean, that was like a big thing was uh, Animals as Leaders, you know, they'd always had the technicality, uh, creative songwriting, you know, alternative techniques to their playing. But this album, just like the soundscape of it was so much more crisp and deep than what they were able to achieve before. Um, and I think this album uh, played a big part in the popularization of thumping, um, which is sort of like a slap bass technique, um, but you can do it on guitar. 
Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Kind of like you mentioned how, uh, with these sort of eight string kind of, uh, multi-scale instruments it's like you can get you can reach into that bass register as well as play leads and they're finding ways to essentially do slap bass parts at the same time that they're leading with their left hand i mean it's a it's a a, you know a total revolution in in yeah technique soundscape uh gear everything it's 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 really changed the game you're totally right and i kind of going off your point too with with so much bass right because it's eight string guitars reaching down into the bass uh, registers bass guitar they have synthesizers on the record and of course matt garska's drums are insanely fat and and you know huge bass drum and tom i mean it's yeah. super fat and you know to to manage all of that low end from a production standpoint that's hard you know um yeah. it, even even me doing my you know, simple at home Delta dagger stuff, which is, is nowhere near as, as bass heavy as this. It's like, that's something I have to spend time doing is putting, you know, making sure the bass uh, guitar and the bass drum play together nicely and they're not stepping on each other and this and that. So kind of like you said, like getting, getting these guys who are kind of at that, uh, you know, they're not a huge band. They're not, they're not, uh, Metallica, you know, so it, having these guys that are that talented and can do it on this shoestring budget, do it at home, uh, do it using, you know, a MacBook and uh, and Axe effects and kind of just do it, you know, it, it's it's huge. And and the fact that it can sound this good is is I think you're right, a total tipping point. Yeah. The the other thing is, you know, this album came out six seven years ago, and I'm still listening to it all the time. Yeah, it's absolutely it. It still sounds fresh. I, you know, putting it on to kind of reacquaint myself with it for this this talk. It still sounds fresh to this day. I mean, it's the music is uh, it's so interesting, you know, and it's so creative and they really do genre bend a lot. Um, What what do you think their influences were for this record? Oh, yeah, that's a tough question. even just genre wise, like where were they drawing yeah. from? Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, you know every modern progressive metalcore band is influenced by Meshuga. I think there's like no way to get away from that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's definitely a big one. Um, I don't know. I I can't I can't really speak for on their behalf, but you know I feel like there's like some Steve Vai in there um mm-hmm. you know periphery uh you know they're sort of like animals as leaders and periphery are almost like sister bands they kind of like have traded members and and done a lot of stuff together um you know as i said they uh you know worked on this record as well um are you gonna say something I was I was trying to I was trying to bait you into saying this, uh, but I'll just I'll just give it to you. Is is this album gent? <laughs> yes, this this album is gent. It it gents. <laughs> it gents. All right, it has the gent seal of approval. I'll yeah. take a drink for that one. Gent was one of the. I was trying to bait you into saying that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, so gent. Um, I think it's kind of accepted that Misha Mansoor 
uh, coined that term. Oh, did he? I actually didn't know that. Yeah, supposedly anyway. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like around Periphery's first album. Um, people started using that. So what? what is Gent? Uh, it's a... Uh, shit what's the what's the name of the of like a word that sounds uh like it's a word for a sound oh it's an onomatopoeia yeah it's an onomatopoeia for uh like a power chord like a muted power chord um and you know they do like these weird like syncopated rhythms with it so uh with like heavy distortion so it ends up sounding like <laughs> well, use use an onomatopoeia is one of the buzzwords. <laughs> that, about to make that one's my third glass. <laughs> oh shoot, man! That's hey, you can you can drink at your own pace. Yeah, it's, no, it's, I uh... have them drinking at my own pace. That's the problem. Good. That's yeah. That's how metal drummers are, man. They like to party. No, I have to get I have to get lubricated uh, early on, you know, and then I'll slow down later. Exactly right. Yeah how do how do you know how do you know there's a drummer knocking on your door? How <laughs> the knocking slows down. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, drummer jokes. We we used to I I used to do for the audience. I used to do drummer and bass player and keyboard player, even guitar player jokes in the band that me and Will were in sometimes between songs. If we were like tuning or something, I'd get up and do a little musician joke. So I have like a whole, whole uh, reservoir of those. (laughs) I love drum. I love drummer jokes. I am very secure in my intelligence and my capability as a drummer. So I just laugh along. Yeah, you essentially uh, foil every single drummer <laughs> joke. Like you, you are literally the opposite of any of those jokes. What, what, Will? You're not just a drummer, huh? What, what else do you do? Like, what, what are you doing right now? Like for a living? I am currently getting a PhD in physics. Yeah. So uh, the old joke about how do you know if your drum drum risers are level? The, there's drool coming out of both sides of the drummer's mouth. It, <laughs> It, that's you <laughs> you are so far you are so far from that it's like if you I, i've sat there and and listened to you talk about some of your work like in detail and it, it makes like drool come out of my mouth i'm like <laughs> sitting there like what like <laughs> I'm, I'm flattered but i would definitely would not say i'm exempt from all the jokes i, I have my moments and my qualities yeah <laughs> um what is your favorite track on this record uh tooth and claw track six tell me about it uh it's just it's the slapper of the record it's it fucking bangs hard (laughs) it really (laughs) does dude so many of them bang hard dude so many of them it's uh like obviously physical education is sick that's that's kind of the one everybody knows i think yeah i think that's Uh, probably the most popular one on this record that and then like the the woven web goes pretty hard yeah, um, i i mean they they uh, they just go so hard on so many of these um but, yeah i mean i think so they they originally released the songs from the album on youtube like they're streaming them on youtube before they officially released the album and i remember tooth and claw was the first one i heard from 
this album and yeah i just remember being blown away just like hearing the difference of their sound that album versus their versus their previous ones and um yeah it's like it has it's really heavy elements but then it's at the same time it's like really catchy and kind of you know bouncy i guess uh i remember the the first time i saw them it was uh you it was at regency ballroom in san francisco um and this this venue like typically doesn't have the best sound uh in my experience but i think they brought their own sound rig and oh my god it was just like it was like dummy loud <laughs> and <laughs> there was so much bass in the mix and live sound for metal is really difficult to get right because uh you know there's just as we've been saying there's just a whole lot of stuff going on so you know if you don't mix your bass right then everything just sounds muddy and you can't really make out what they're actually playing uh but if you cut it too far then you can hear what's going on but it sounds like really tinny but it was so loud it was so bassy and it was so crisp you could hear everything and i remember when that song came on i was just like just dicking around in the mosh pit and having a blast and you know it's like like one of those moments that like you're you're not going to forget you know and yeah it like brings me back there every time i every time i play that song yeah dude that's that's awesome that that's such a great i mean that's perfect man that's that's such a great story and such a great experience that's i love it dude that moment of euphoria it's it's beautiful yeah tell me so that was an awesome story about the regency ballroom and seeing them live and that experience um Tell me about the the first time you heard this album and what was that experience like? Oh boy. Um, that's not as clear of a memory. Um, you know, like I said, uh, I remember it, uh, you know, they streamed on YouTube before, uh, they released the full album. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can't really say too much more than just that I was like stoked on it. And I remember, you know, sharing it with my friends and like them getting super stoked on it. Uh, and, you know, we're like trying to pick apart the polyrhythms and all this stuff. And also, uh, you know, going back to, you know, sort of changes that this album made in its genre uh, at the time, at least like for modern progressive metal bands, they didn't throw in as many, uh, you know, kind of upbeat rock and jazz fusion elements uh, uh, like this album does. And, it, you know, it's so diverse. They have like these ultra heavy riffs um, to, you know, like really satisfy the like metalcore fans. And then they also have these other like totally jazz fusiony songs. Um, there's like a song or two that uh, you know has sort of like flamenco style guitar playing in it. Um, so yeah, just all across the board, it was just a really interesting 
album to listen to uh because you know it's so diverse in in what they were uh, communicating i i totally agree with that i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you real quick because uh mentioned polyrhythms is one of the buzzwords (laughs) um but uh no to your to your point i like for instance for me um i don't I'm like you, I don't like specifically remember the first time I heard this record, but I do remember early on listening to it. The song that stuck out for me was Another Year, uh, which is like not a super heavy song. It's way more jazz fusion-y, which for me, uh, yeah, super fun song, very upbeat, very jazz fusion-y. And it like that one really resonated for me as opposed to some of the heavier, gentier, uh one so it like you know there's kind of something for everybody and it's it's really kind of a it yeah it's interesting they went places with it you know they didn't just sit in the uh deep dark metal zone they they kind of ventured into these different sounds and it's uh it's cool they're just they're just playing what they want to play you know it's, yeah. it's super sick um they're not letting uh a particular genre or style find them no. right you no know, you know why I think that song resonates with you. Why? It has the lick in it. You're absolutely right. It does have the lick in it. Oh my God. Okay. The lick. I have to, uh, I'll have to, I'll splice in, uh, I'll play it on guitar and splice it in here. The following is an excerpt from a song called Stroke by Stroke by John and Will's old band, The Real Savage Henry. Listen as John plays the lick on guitar. <laughs> I, I totally, I totally, it's when he starts his lead. I know exactly what you're talking. Okay. I totally hear that now. Um, <laughs> yes. Text, text. I didn't directly notice it before, but after I mentioned it, you have, you have, I know exactly. No, I, yeah, I know exactly where it is. Text me the text me that timestamp because I'll legit put that in. Okay, okay. The lick for for the for the audience that for the uninitiated, the lick. Just go on YouTube and look up the lick, and it's this uh, it's this it's this lick. I don't I don't know who originally wrote it, but you there's this video of all these songs, and it's everything from. Uh, you know, they have like Coltrane live and he plays the lick and then they show like uh, a, like some Disney movie has the lick in it. And then uh, it's like a uh, country guy plays it in it. It's like every genre, every musician, it's this musical meme and it goes. And it's every everybody plays it every it's <laughs> it's in everything. And once you hear it, uh, you'll never not hear it like it's everywhere. Um, but there's uh that's very beautiful oh wait but it's a musical meme that one's, <laughs> it's a musical meme, that was a meme and it's, people defined what memes were yeah like that that's a, a great example actually of like the richard dawkins you know def, def like meme yeah. like a, a proper meme as richard dawkins would would define it um because yeah you see videos of guys I, I mean they're dudes in like the 40s like old swing bands playing the lick like it's it's so funny. There's a, there's a, um, <laughs> there's a, um, there's a song by Owain who's kind of, uh, 
like, you know, shreddy guitar guy. He gets a little bit genty, metally at times, but um, there's a song of his off his, off his second most recent album called Born in Space. And I didn't hear it at first, but I realized that his synthesizer solo on that song is almost only the lick. He just he plays the lick over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's the whole solo. <laughs> it's just the lick. Elaine <laughs> is total meme lord. Like, Oh, he's big time. Look up lord. his music videos. <laughs> he's got like Shia LaBeouf, like popping into the background. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, oh, it's, he's so good, dude. I love that guy. Right, fucking um, incredible musician too. I don't know if I can swear. On <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, you can swear on here. Shit, <laughs> shit, ass, <laughs> pee, pee, pee. Okay. Um, <laughs> how should someone listen to this album for the first time? Oh, uh, for the first time, um, that's actually a good question. So, I mean, I personally like to listen to albums start to finish. Um, but. This album has like a bunch of different types of songs in it, and a lot of people might like some types of the songs and not others. Um, yeah, I would maybe, I don't know, YouTube, like, kind of give each song like a little sample and see if you're about it and, you know, listen to the whole thing. Um, but if you're about all of them, then, you know, Listening to it start to finish, never a bad way to listen to an album, unless it's a shitty album. True, true. I I agree with you, man. This is a it is a banger, and it's it's I like listening to albums start to finish as well. But yeah, you're right. It is so diverse that you could kind of like pick and choose a little bit too. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there there's a couple songs on it that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, you know, I definitely don't hate them, but you know, sometimes when I'm listening to the album, I'll like skip through them a little bit. Yeah, that's reasonable. I I I agree with you. Even even albums that I absolutely love, like every now and then, I uh, I'll skip a song or two just to kind of keep things moving. Yeah. You know, it's like you like put on music because you want to like relax and enjoy it, but then you're like, hurry up, get <laughs> get on with it. Come on, I got shit to do today. I mean, <laughs> skip skip the monkeys, as it were. Have you heard that phrase? No, I haven't. Skip the monkeys is like uh, when you're watching 2001: A Space Odyssey and you just <laughs> skip the, the monkeys at the beginning. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> it's like, hurry up, man! I don't... <laughs> um, have Have you ever listened to this album under the influence? And the, you can plead the fifth. Sorry, what was that last part? Uh, ha- have you ever listened to the album Under the Influence and you can plead the fifth if you want? Oh, uh, uh, I can plead the fifth. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I listen to all types of shit under the influence. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah, I've definitely listened to it under the influence. Hell yeah. That's that's legal in Colorado, right? Yeah. California to California. It's- popping up all over the country yeah we we uh we have a little uh a bridge here it's legal here and it's legal there so neither of us can get in trouble for talking about it so yeah there you go <laughs> um 
so let's <laughs> let's do this. I'm gonna hit you with some of the uh the uh oh shoot, I came up with like a an order to do this in, and I don't remember if I was gonna do trivia first or the rapid fire questions first. Let's do this. What uh, is is there anything else you want to say about the album, the history of it, the context for the band? I know you mentioned, um, you know, it compared a little differently to some of their previous albums. Do you want to talk on that a little bit? Uh, probably not. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how much you know con- context this stuff has, but you know, I, I can just talk about it, and you can like. I don't know, move it to a different spot in the podcast or like just cut it up completely, I guess, if uh, it doesn't really fit. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever you want to do. Yeah, so uh, definitely an interesting uh, lineup of people who kind of worked behind the scenes on the album. Um, as we were talking about before, um, Misha and Nolly from Periphery, um, they played bass on it, but Misha also played keyboards. Um, he did programming for the electronic parts. Uh, he co-wrote some of the songs. Uh, and he did pre-production. Um, if those of you who aren't familiar with the uh, music production process, uh, a lot of modern music, uh, before you actually record the parts, um, as you're writing them, you'll actually program them out and. Guitar Pro or Ableton or, you know, whatever your preferred method is. Uh, And that allows you to know how the parts sound before you learn how to play them, (laughs) which uh, (laughs) for this type of music, it's, you know, it's very important and it saves a lot of time uh, to be able to do that and kind of, you know, it uh, expands your limits in uh, what you can write and, and play by a tremendous amount. Um, we did that. Um, yeah, Nolly also did the production and engineering mixing, I think I mentioned already. Um, their old drummer, uh, so Matt Garska, this was his first album with Animals as Leaders. Uh, their old drummer uh, also did uh, electronic sound production on this album so he was still playing a part in the band um there's a bunch of other people who worked on it but the other notable one was uh um diego farias which i hope i'm saying his last name right uh he is or was the guitarist of another band called volumes uh and he actually tragically died uh this year i believe he was 27 years old. Um, oh, wow. So that is a bummer, but he was a very sweet and talented man. And he worked on this album. He did co writing and production. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, fitting, uh, fitting tribute then to, to talk about this album this year, then. That's, uh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, that's all good information. Let's, let's hop into the, uh, I'm going to hit you with the, uh, the rapid fire silly questions now. Actually, you know what you, you answered one of the trivia questions already. So let's go into the trivia. Let's do that. All right. Let's do it. 
It's time for trivia. All right. Question number one. What year did this album come out? 2014. Got it. All right. I have that one on my cheat sheet. Yeah, this is this is an open note podcast. That's you can do that. It's if you're prepared, you can crush these. Um, let's ratchet up the difficulty here. Question two. Uh, who else played the release show for this album? Chan. Chan and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay you get you get you get partial, partial credit. credit it's uh chan and after the burial okay dude i have recently got really into after the burial um their most recent album evergreen i just like had on repeat oh really yeah um they're a lot heavier, i'm, a, I'm they're not kind of more in the realm of like deathcore um they're really cool though I, I did them. Nice. That's funny. Yeah, I, I wasn't even familiar with them. This was the first I, I heard of them, I believe. Of course, I love Chon. I, dude, someone should come on and talk about a Chon album. That would be cool. Yeah. But, uh, man, that, that uh, must have been such an amazing concert. See, like, Animals Leaders premiere this album, and then you get After the Burial and Chon. Yeah, and this would have been. 2014 what that would have been like newborn son era chan i think or... i remember i was reading um like an ama or something with uh i don't know if it was all the members of chan or just mario or someone but they were saying their first tour was with animals as leaders so that might have been their first tour oh man that's so sick back when they were like actually like way more metally like oh that's that's really cool <laughs> yeah they they still have uh, their metal chops though yeah, they still, they oh, still absolutely. play that stuff. Oh, they for sure still got it. And not only do they still play it, but like I was watching a video of them play. Um, which song was it? I forget. It was something off a of newborn son and they were playing it easily 10 BPM faster than it is on the record <laughs> and still just hurt flawless. You know? <laughs> um, question number three. How many copies did the record sell in the first week? Ten thousand. Close, man. Thirteen thousand. Yeah, lucky number thirteen. Which good for them, dude. It's it's sick that they put out, uh, you know, the whole album on YouTube, kind of for free, you know, beforehand. Um, obviously, super sick thing to do for the fans and for the community, and they still sold a ton of records like yeah. it's it's that's that's something that's super cool too is like the community right now kind of surrounding um animals as leaders chaunt you know the sumerian kind of the the sort of metal prog scene mm-hmm. is so cool like that like there there's so many cool like um just the community is so sick and so supportive and right yeah obviously and there's some- these are all like true fans too like this music does not get played on the radio like People aren't like stumbling, stumbling upon it because, you know, it's popular. Like, yeah, it's it's very much um, it's almost like a word of mouth thing to an extent. It's like I mean, like you showed me animals as leaders like you were like, hey, check this out. Like it's literally like 
you show it to people who you think will like it and then they show it to people. And, you know, obviously there's easy ways to share it online and promote it online. But at the end of the day, you're right. It's not getting promoted on television, movies, radio. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's basically word of mouth enhanced by electronic communication. Yeah. And like once you're like in the prog metal scene, you know, you'll get ads for other prog metal bands and stuff. But you know, if you're not already into that music, yeah, as you're saying, you, you kind of need to get introduced to it. That's true. There are some uh, some pretty good meme pages uh, online, right? Kind of a- about this band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, band meme 666 is one of my favorites. <laughs> and there's there's one about about this band specifically, though, right? On Facebook. There's um. Oh, Tosin Apostin. Tosin Apostin. That's one of the buzzwords. (laughs) You got me. (laughs) Say Tosin Apostin. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let's keep going with the trivia. Uh, Next question. Uh, What city is Animals as Leaders from? You know, I'm, I'm going to throw a guess out there because I saw on Wikipedia that Tosin was born there, uh, Washington, D.C. You got it. That's right. Oh, lucky guess. And I'll, I'll, I'll uh, qualify that, too, by saying that I, I only got that by reading their Wikipedia page. It You know, the first thing is like, you know, Animals as Leaders is a Washington, D.C. based band, blah, blah. And uh, I kind of like... Uh, it's like almost hard to say, like, I feel like these guys kind of probably live in, in different parts of the country and just kind of like collaborate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I almost wonder like how, how can you really pin down a, a modern uh, sort of metal band like this? I feel like oftentimes it's guys from all over the place and they just collaborate, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's talking about pre-production before, like before you're in the studio, like are recording the parts, you're programming them uh you know like a synthesizer type thing that will sound kind of like a drum set sounds kind of like a guitar kind of like a bass um so that i mean that's how my progressive metal band operates um you know two of our guys are in the bay area california um i'm in colorado our bassist is in austin texas uh and we're still able to do everything we need to do because yeah, you know, we can share our ideas electronically uh, and we can just practice our parts on our own. And then when we get together, it just kind of syncs up. Sweet. Okay. Finishing up the trivia here. Um, I've got two more questions for you. Uh, question number five. What was the name of Tosin Abasi's band before Animals as Leaders? Ooh. Yeah, I, I I don't know this one. It is Reflux. Reflux. Interesting. Very prog. Very prog. Yeah. I, I've never listened to them, but uh, I read that on on Wikipedia. Um I think they were uh I think it said they were like Deathcore or something like that. So probably like way heavier than Animals as Leaders. Yeah. Gotta get your shred out of your system before you shred tastefully, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Um, 
final question is one you actually already answered. Uh, who played keys on this album? Uh, Misha. Misha, that's right, dude. Well, there you go. There's your trivia section. You crushed it. Um, last thing here is I have my silly questions, my fun questions, uh, my rapid fire questions, if you will. Um, these are supposed to be, uh, yeah, just kind of fun and silly. So let's let's jump into it. Um, if this album were a beer, what kind of beer would it be? Oh boy. Um, I'd say, you know what? IPA. Because IPAs are really dense. They got a ton of different flavors in them. Um, you know, you taste all types of different things like throughout your beer. It's heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it might make you puke. It might make you puke. It might make you sick. Uh, but it also might give you the best night of your life. Yeah, there you go. Let me let me ask you this follow up question: Do IPAs gent? <laughs> <laughs> well, if this album is an IPA. Uh, I'd say <laughs> they do gent. Certified, yes, it gents. It's certified. <laughs> um, would you get intimate to this album? Uh, certain songs. Certain songs. Which ones? Which ones uh, would go another on the... year? Another year, I would get intimate too. Yeah, I agree. That would go on my playlist as well. Not that I have one. <laughs> um, this is okay. This is a question that I put on the pod a couple episodes ago, and I actually uh put it on there because I wanted to ask you this specifically, but I liked it too much, and I asked it to other people as well. Um, but this is a this is such a will question. Uh, are numbers created or discovered? <laughs> discovered. Elaborate. I would, I, would, I would say discovered. Um, because uh, you know, like you you can have there's like one of something or like two of something, and. Uh, it's not like a human construct of like how many like things there are of of a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it? <laughs> you, can, you can tell I'm, I'm an academic, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like that's that's kind of been the consensus so far. Is is that numbers are sort of uh, like innate or like inherent, and uh, we just like find them um my, yeah, my I, mean, follow- I, I guess it, it depends like you know if you're talking about like quantity uh i would say they're discovered um ratios are discovered like the number pi is not a man-made thing that's just how circles work mm-hmm. um but you know there is some flexibility in how we standardize numbers so you know what we call the length of a foot uh, you know how many like feet something is uh that is something that is created right right and and uh kind of like to your point too like pi uh there's you know pi is 3.1415 you know whatever goes on forever like it's not a mm-hmm. uh it's not a, it, it's like this imperfect thing but th- but then we create pi we create the 
pi symbol. It's like, instead of mm-hmm. having to write out this crazy ass number, it's just, no, that is pi. Like we invented pi, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, uh, but it's, I, uh, the, the thing that it represents though is purely natural. Right. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. That it's a uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. It's kind of chicken or the egg type thing. I'll ask you this. This is one that I brought up uh, on my last episode. Um, I read this uh, fun fact that the uh, the most produced item in human history. Can you guess what it is? Actually, you won't guess it. Never mind. Okay, it's uh, the most produced item ever. Thanks is <laughs> Wait, is what? <laughs> I said thanks for the vote of confidence. No, it's just it's so random. It's but it's it's a, the, it's a little uh, Keurig, the little Keurig things. <laughs> the Keurig K pods, actually, no, it's it's something even more base than that. It's something oh, you're actually. You, it's something that you you're actually. Keep interrupting. Me, it's no, oh. it's it's something it's something that you're actually like familiar with. Uh, Maybe no, you now, that said, now that you said pods, I'm thinking jewel pods. Jewel pods. Uh, if that is the most produced item on earth, uh, we need more of them here in California. Gavin Newsom banned the the mint jewel pods. Did you know that? Really? I had no idea. Yeah. In fact, he banned all flavored, uh, well, any flavored uh, tobacco, like menthol cigarettes are technically banned. You can still find them. Like, I don't know. They're all over the place. But like my buddy who lives in the Bay Area is like, yeah, you can't buy menthol cigarettes. You can't buy you know, wintergreen, grizzly, chewing tobacco, like nothing, like jewel pods, nothing. I assume that's to, you know, keep kids from getting into it. Like Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the exact, um, that's the exact thing. My question then is, uh, is a camel crush uh, legal until you crush the pod? Like what, what's the... <laughs> 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 Anyways, what was okay? Most produced object in in human history is the MOSFET. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah. actually, maybe I was like, you probably wouldn't guess that, but like, actually, maybe you would. I don't know. Anyways, the why MOSFET, do you say it? It's obvious. I mean, you got billions of those in your like computer processor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there are like thirteen sextillion of those estimated out there. Um, oh shit! My question is. Would we have produced 16 sextillion MOSFETs if we didn't have the number 16 sextillion? Like, does the the invention of that number in human conception allow us to produce that many? or Or would we have produced that many and then thought of that number as an afterthought? Uh, so I mean... You know, it goes back to like what's the origin of like you know the number that you're you're talking about. You know, whether, yeah. Um, in in this case, it's it's a quantity. So uh, you know, as I claimed before, you know, I believe that quantity, uh, you know, that those numbers are inherent to nature. So, you know, whether or not the people know what to call how many transistors they've produced. They can still produce that many transistors. It's going to be the same number. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say, you know, if we didn't know what a sextillion was, we would still produce sextillion transistors. And then 
you know, we'd count them up and then figure out a word to describe it. Right. And I think part of it, too, is like sextillion, like we have the language because, you know, after we produce 16 sextillion, we'll have uh, septillion or whatever. You know, it's like there, we have language that accounts for this. Like we we can it's kind of impossible to not have that word almost because right. um, we have other it's like we just extrapolate sort of. Um, yeah, I, I was really looking forward to asking you that one because it's such a it's a really trippy question. And, and most of the time when I ask people, they're like, what? Like, it's a real trippy one. Like, it's more of a philosophical one. But I, it's it's cool to get your input as someone who, like, is is qualified to answer that question, you know? Sure, yeah, my pleasure. I'm going to leave it in there, though, and keep asking people because it, it always takes people by surprise. And it's super funny to hear their reactions. Um, yeah, but it does seem like a fun one. <laughs> last question for you rapid fire uh does a man with one lung get more high or less high off of a single bong rip i would say less high uh you got less smoke going in there less surface area to, to take in the the highness uh and you know you get high from it going to your bloodstream so you know that means you got half as much going to your bloodstream Right, half as many uh, receptors, or uh, I forget what they call them in the lung, but half as many of those things. Popcorn channels, if you're a vapor. Is that vapor? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, dude. Well, that about wraps up all my questions. Is there anything else you want to say about the record? Yeah, I have, a, I have a little statement. The Joy of Motion by Animals as Leaders is a delectable cocktail of prog metal, jazz fusion, and electronic music with notes of Latin, savory spices, and oaky afterbirth. Its flavors are complete with technical tirades, soaring leads, soothing soundscapes, and foul-dusting breakdowns. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. You wrote that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh my god, that's I love that man. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, Dude, I'm glad you it. I wasn't sure how it would No, that's amazing. I'm gonna. I'll probably put a little. Um, maybe I'll put a little piano accompaniment to to you reading that. Or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to do something. That's so good, man. Maybe the other the other thing I'm thinking now is maybe I'm gonna have to require my uh, my guests, my future guests, to write like a paragraph like poem review of the album or something that's <laughs> uh, something comparable to a like a a drink description that's kind of what i was going for that dude it's that's perfect man that was beautiful um i'm gonna go ahead the, the game's over now i'm gonna go ahead and uh, read you off your buzzwords today uh number one was say mathy you did not get uh use an onomatopoeia you got uh, talk about your middle school music taste you did not get. Uh, say the word gent you got. Talk about jazz you got. Uh, mention a band you used to be in you got. Uh, refer to an album made post-1990 as a record you did not get. Uh, ahead of its time you didn't get. Or did you say that? I don't. I didn't catch it, but I don't know. Did you say it? Honor system. Oh, I, I mean, I kind of... I, I said a lot of things that implied it, but I didn't explicitly say ahead of its time. All right, you're safe then. Uh, mentioned periphery, you got. Name a specific, excuse me, name a specific guitar, you got. Uh, mention a time signature other than 4-4, you did not get. 
funny. Um, I, had, I had those in my notes. <laughs> I didn't talk about them. All the different time signatures. Uh, only a couple of them. I, I, I do want to mention one. So track two, Lippincott, uh, the main riff in it is um, 11.16 over 11.4. So it's like a, it's a polyrhythm, but it, you know, it adds up every four times. So it's almost not a polyrhythm, but I don't know. It's kind of fun. 11.16 over 11.4. So it's, so what, uh, Matt Garska is playing 11.4 and, and Tosin and Javier are doing 11.16. Is that, is that what it is? Pretty much, yeah, except Matt, Matt Garska is doing both. <laughs> but, uh, it's basically, uh, the riff is 11.16, but the snare backbeat is 11.4. Um, so you still get, like, a permutation, but it, uh, you know, it resets every four measures still. That's why. That yeah, absolutely. It's kind of kind of cool. It, you know, it makes it a uh, groove a little better than like other polyrhythmic uh, stuff. You'll, you'll find. That's. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. That's um. That's like uh. You know, rubbing your belly and patting your head, or like walking and <laughs> walking and chewing gum at the same time, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's literally the the starting riff. Uh, you should listen for it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try. I I don't even know if I can hear that. I I think uh, in terms of like numbers being created and discovered, I don't think I've discovered that yet. <laughs> I don't know if I'm capable of of hearing that, but I'm gonna try. Um, there is a there is a drumio video with Matt Garska where he breaks down the drum part, which is where I learned that from. Oh, um, there you so go. If you're interested, I could send it to you. But send it, it to me. Yeah, it might, it might be a drum nerds only type thing. Send send it to me. I'd be interested to hear it um say the word drink uh you got <laughs> um <laughs> say tosin a postin you got <laughs> mention a bossy concepts you got uh describe a sound as technical you got uh mention polyrhythms you got uh say blast beat you did not get you know i don't think there's any blast beats in that whole album you know i was gonna say as i was putting that one down i was like i don't I don't know. I don't know if this one's going to be because he he Matt Garska, he's more like finesse than that, you know? Yeah, and I was I was as I was putting that down, I was like, eh, maybe. But I left it because I was like, he'll probably talk about a different band or talk about I, I figured somehow it'd come up. But yeah. uh, I, um, right. I, I threw a blast beat into a Savage Henry record, but Matt Garska's <laughs> too, too cool to put it in his metal core. <laughs> Wait, was it on? Uh, was it on? Uh, Goodnight Blues. No, it's in um, Love You Right. Um, oh wait, okay. At the very wait. end of the guitar solo, I think. It's a really quick one. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. On the G G dominant seven. Yeah. I know, yeah. When we're at the <laughs> double time, it's the G dominant seven uh, borrowed from another key, I believe. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. I kind of forget. I wrote that song. That's a that's a John Pag lyrics and music song, huh? Well, anyways, uh, mention one of the big four metal bands. You did not. I did, and I, I was trying to plant that seed. I mentioned Metallica. I was trying to oh, plant that great. seed for you, so that maybe you is would that where you were another... going with the influences? Well, I guess Periphery yeah. is another yeah. Story with I... that. It was. I was. I said influences because I was hoping you would say maybe the word mathy 
uh, or mention mm-hmm. one of the big four or just, you know, there's a couple on here I was hoping you would say, but um, who, who are the big four? Let's throw that in real quick. That's Metallica, Metallica uh, Megadeth, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Slayer. Okay, that's dope. I've also seen Slayer multiple times. They fucking crush it live. They're just like a bunch of old dudes up on stage and they just don't stop. Like, they'll just tear their way through a song. Like, you guys like that? Yeah, cool. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) They don't waste any time. They have so much energy. Cool. Um, I've, I've seen the only of the big four that I've seen, I've seen Metallica twice. Um, and I actually got to see them play at the will turn in LA, uh, which uh, a great venue. And if people don't know the will turn is what, like a 2000 person venue or something. It's not huge. Yeah. It's a small, but it's small for Metallica. Very small for Metallica. Um, really cool. I, I got to see them play there. They were doing a, it was some kind of a charity gig or something. Um, And because Flea, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers came out and played a song with them because it was like Flea's Flea's music charity was like putting on a a benefit thing and Metallica played it and Flea came out and hung out for a little bit. It was this whole thing. And then four days later, one of my super wealthy friends uh, hits me up and he's like, hey, bro, uh, my dad bought us all tickets to go to the K-Rock Weenie Roast Metallica's headlining. And I was like, what the fuck? So I got to see Metallica at the Will Turn. Uh, and then like four days later, I saw them at the Verizon Amphitheater uh, playing uh, the, the K-Rock Weenie Roast. So two totally different venues and just as fun each time. It was wonderful. It was amazing. So cool. Um, last two, uh, buzzwords that you did not get, uh, use clean. You said crisp a number of times, <laughs> but you did, you did not say clean. And I was really, I was, I almost wanted to be like, well, you keep saying crisp. I don't like that word. What's a, what's another uh, synonym? Like I, <laughs> I was like, can I like just force him to say it? I didn't do it. Uh, and then end a sentence with the phrase, I don't know. You did not do. You were very, uh, very well prepared for this one. And you you brought some excellent notes and you you did know. You did know. So that is much appreciated. Those, oh, I that's think you're, it, you're trivia questions. Some of those I didn't know. All right, let's take a drink for that. <laughs> I'll pour myself up. <laughs> I've also, well, you know, you, I just... Yeah. I've just kind of been sipping throughout too. Been drinking on my own accord. That's me too, man. I have my uh, little Coleman Coleman Hydro Flask full of a uh, Corona Hard Seltzer that I've just been sipping on throughout. I drink every time you drink, and I'm just kind of sipping throughout too. Um, but that's perfect. That's like the best way to do it, I think. Um, what are you drinking tonight? You said you're drinking wine. Yeah. So I uh. Um, I got uh, like a coupon. I actually have no idea where I found it. I think my friend gave it to me at some point, like a really long time ago. I totally forgot about it. But I just found it. It was like $100 off your first purchase from this website for wine. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so I bought a case of wine. You know, it's like six bottles. Uh, you know, it was with the $100 discount, it was like 40 bucks free shipping. Got here in like a couple days, and every wine has been solid. 
they're they're good wines. Uh, Dang, you know, I, I can't complain. Are any of them Colorado wines? Uh, no, I don't think so. This one's actually California. The one I'm drinking. Yeah, baby, California, uh, Cali, bro. Los Primos. From where? Those Los Primos on it. Oh, Los Primos. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar. I'm not. I'm not huge into wine though. So that's pretty cool though. Did you know that uh, Maynard from uh, Tool uh, owns a winery in uh, in Arizona? Yes. Have you seen his interview with him and Eric? What? No. They, they interview him about his wine, <laughs> and they are the biggest dicks to him. They treat really? him like absolute <laughs> shit. It's hilarious. <laughs> Bro, Maynard was on Tim and Eric. Oh, I have to go see. I have to see that. Um, they're, like, I have what, to... they're like, what kind of tool do you have to be to live in the desert? <laughs> Dude, have you? So I need to run this by you, actually, because I, I, um, I did. I tried to do an episode on Tool. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna. It. It was last night, and we got insanely wasted. And I don't know if okay, I haven't right, listened right, back right. to it. Yeah, I haven't listened like back to else, it right? yet. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't listened back to the audio. I don't even know if it's gonna be used. But we were really wasted. But uh, something <laughs> my guest brought up, who will remain nameless for now, but uh. Something my guest brought up is that he thinks that uh, Tool, or at least Maynard, like like it's it's supposed to be like kind of tongue in cheek. Like, is this is this true? Have you heard this? Oh, what do you mean by tongue in cheek? So like we were we were talking about Tool and like Tool fans and kind of just the Tool like um, you know it's like there, there's like Tool guys and Tool fans. It's like I, like I'm a Radiohead guy. Like I, I get it mm-hmm. right. Like it's um and like we were talking about how some of the stuff on there like obviously it's technically like incredibly impressive but some of the stuff like putting the fibonacci sequence into a song is like it's kind of like fake deep almost it's like we're gonna make this like (laughs) like like we're gonna put the fibonacci sequence in a song isn't that like crazy and cool and like love and like there's like all these all these like you know, like big fat guys with greasy hair and the tool t-shirt who are like super into that shit. And it's my guest was saying that that Maynard is like kind of laughing at these guys. Like he does it because he thinks it's like funny. He's like, this is like what a gnarly like metal band would do. So I'm going to do it like he like apparently it's kind of a that's what he was saying. I had never heard that before. Yeah, so I uh, that's an interesting take. I had not heard that before either. That would not surprise me one bit. I know. I, you know, I've watched enough like Maynard videos to like kind of know his personality a little bit, and I would not put it past him. Yeah, because um, it, it reminds because you said he was on Tim and Eric, and they were just ripping on him. Like I almost yeah. like he was probably just in on that. Like yeah, come over, yeah, probably come, like like <laughs> super ironic, like funny. Um, I remember he, uh, I remember like Justin Bieber came out as a Tool fan or, or something like that. <laughs> I remember like. Tim and Eric, or not, not Tim and Eric, Maynard was like, oh man, this is like so unfortunate. Um, but <laughs> I, I think it's not because like uh, he didn't want Justin Bieber to be a fan, but more so like he knew like Justin Bieber's colleagues would give him a bunch of shit for it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but, dude, uh, Justin, Justin Bieber's a tool guy. Like, it's there, yeah. there's like a guy, there's a type of guy that's like the tool but, guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, on that note, I mean, I take Tool's music seriously. Um, you know, I think they have like, you know, a legitimacy in what they're doing. Um, even, you know, something a little tacky like basing a song off the Fibonacci sequence. Um, <laughs> I mean, no one else has done it. That's um, true. I mean, because at the end of the day, like whether that was meant as like a really deep, like what you know, or it was meant as a joke. The bottom line is that's incredibly impressive that they did that. Like the bottom line is the technical skill, like just the raw thing there, the raw talent there. Whether it, whatever the intention was, that's highly impressive that they did that. So that that's the uh, that's the thing I was going to get to though. I. <laughs> You know, your your tool guy who's like, oh, like Tool is the most technical band, like Danny Carey's the best drummer on earth, like no one matches up to like the technicality of tool. Like I I think that's all bullshit. Like they are they do have a lot of technical skill. They're extremely talented musicians. Uh, I'm gonna use one of your buzzwords. Uh I saw them for the second time recently. One of the most clean shows that I've seen, uh, both in performance and in sound. Um, but they're not the most technical band out there. Like, they don't come remotely close. Uh, no. I, Tool's one of my favorite bands. They have been since I was, like, five years old. Uh, and it's because I think they make really good music. Not because they're the most technically talented or the most complex. They definitely have some complexities in their music, but it's like it's complex enough where like you know your like average Joe can like tell what's going on enough to know it's complex. <laughs> but like the stuff that's actually a lot more complex than Tool, your average Joe like doesn't understand it, so like <laughs> they don't acknowledge it. Right, I feel that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that. it's total like I, I want to say like dad metal, you know, like the you know like the whole dad rock stereotype, like it's dad metal, right? Like it's like dad uh, metal, like like uh uh you know uh you know Keith Richards is the best guitar player who's ever lived. It's like exactly no, yeah. not even close. Uh, Keith Richards kind of sucks at guitar. He fucks up constantly. Uh, but that's like part of the fun. It's like his attitude. And it's like that's part of the fun. It's I think I showed it to you on Get Your Yaya's Out, that live Stones record. And they open uh, with Jumpin' Jack Flash. And the announcer is like, this is the greatest rock and roll band in the world. The Rolling Stones. And 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 Charlie <laughs> yeah, Watt like, like completely fucks up. The, it's like the yeah, shittiest com- recorded live performance ever. Yeah, like Charlie Watt completely fucks up the intro of Jumpin' Jack Flash. That's like, bro, that's like middle school talent show shit, man. Like, come yeah. on. Like, that's. <laughs> I mean, on that note, though, Tool, they absolutely murder their performances. Like, they take their music very seriously, and I definitely really respect that. Um, oh, but yeah. they don't uh, They don't take as many, like, risks. Uh, and, like, uh, I guess they've been around for a while. They've definitely done a lot of things that uh, were, like, progressive. Their time, um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like Danny Carey is a phenomenal 
drummer. He's one of my biggest influences. He is not the best drummer on earth by any means. Um, and, you know, I would say the same about like other members of the band. They're all right. phenomenal, but like, you can't come in like, like uh, Tim, Tim Henson is better. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'd say, I'd say this record, Joy of Motion, is, is more complex than any tool thing I've heard. Yeah, yeah, this is like Tool on fucking crack steroids, <laughs> whatever that would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, dude, that's that's about it, I think. That's all my questions for you. You got all the buzzwords. Um, any uh, any final thoughts for you? Uh, I, I kind of have one more thing, which is another thing that, like, totally out of context right now but if you find a way to like splice it into the other discussion it might fit but if not you can just like cut it out i'm just gonna leave it in there folks here's some extra content for you warning big time music nerd shit ahead but i want to talk a little bit about uh the woven web which was a song that you brought up earlier um it is another one of my favorite songs on the album. And there is a specific section of the song that just absolutely like just blew like thousands and thousands of prog metal nerds' minds. Um, it is at one minute and 28 seconds. It's a thumping part. And I think this riff in particular is. Uh, one of the things that popularized thumping, which is something I brought up before, so I, you know, I think this album really, uh, you know, exposed thumping on guitar to a lot of people and got a lot more people to try it out. Um, yeah, basically, this song, you know, it's kind of it's doing like this sort of jazz fusion groove, like clean guitar tones and stuff. And then at this moment, like everything cuts out except for Tosin. And mm -hmm. Tosin is playing this part. It sounds like slap bass. Like everyone, like I remember like looking at YouTube comments, like everyone like thinks it's like slap bass. Then like someone found some interview or something and like, no, this is like playing on an eight string, eight string guitar. Um, and yeah, the thing about thumping is like you pick with either you know, you use your thumb and then you pick with either three of your fingers or all four of them. I don't know off the top of my head, but it's like super percussive and you can do really fast rhythms with it. So he does like this cool, like syncopated, like 16th note riff. And then there's like little 32nd notes sprinkled into it. And there's this one little part that like, it sounds accidental. Uh, it's a dotted 16th note followed by Hertes um, to use a bunch of fucking music ass nerd jargon. Herta <laughs> um, is it's a it's a rudiment. Um, I don't know if you can like hear this. Or it like sounds like shit. But it's like yeah, I can hear that. Uh, but it's up tempo, so it's more like. Um, so it's like this this weird like dotted sixteenth note followed by Hertes, 
Uh, so it has this effect that's like, it's like you trip, but then like catch your balance again. Sort of like the stumbling effect. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Rhythmic music kind of has that effect on me. It kind of like makes me feel like I'm falling over and getting back up again. Uh, yeah. But it sounds like this sort of maybe accidental, like kind of off the top of your head, like weird thing. But then the drums come in and the like the double kick pattern exactly matches what the guitar plays. And they play it over again the same way every time. And I sort like I obsessed over that section. Like I worked really hard to like figure out how to play it on drums. And I know a lot of other people did too. Um and yeah, no, again, it's like this really creative thing that had like wasn't really present in other music before this album came out. Uh, you know, at least not exposed. Yeah, it's that's definitely something um that sticks out to me too on uh, kind of throughout the record but yeah that that very like stuttery uh kind of um rhythmic thing they do kind of throughout it's you, you call it genty stuttery whatever but it's yeah they totally do that throughout and then yeah the woven web specifically they go so hard on it and it's like it, it's totally something too like me as a guitar player hearing it i'm like what the like how do you count that? How do you do that? And then you're right. They're so tight on it. Like Matt Garska comes in and he's on it. Exactly. Yes. With Tosin. Like it's, and it's, oh, it's incredible. The rhythm's abstract enough and it's fast enough. If they're not exactly locked in with each other, it's going to sound like absolute gar- garbage. It's not going to be cohesive. It's going to still sound accidental, but they are playing it completely in unison. And it's super clear. And they really, they really get their point across. And again, it's, it's it's sort of like these developments that like you didn't even know were possible in music until you hear someone actually do it. Yeah, yeah, it's insane, dude. It's it, you hear that throughout the record, and then and then the next song, like you said, is like a flamenco uh, picking, and like there's a, it's it's yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Dude. Paramexer, I one of the times I saw them, they played it live. They busted out like eight string acoustic guitars, and <laughs> it was so sick. I've seen them like five times. That was the only time they did it. That's yeah, that's cool, dude. I've got to go see these guys live at some point. That whenever we get live music back, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, if you all want to stream one of their live performances uh it's actually the song i was just talking about the woven web and one of their uh older songs capo is sort of like a fan favorite um uh if you go on youtube and look up animals as leaders brutal assault there is an 11 minute video of them playing two of their songs and it's very very well captured so if you're interested in seeing what these band what this band is like live you should watch this video. It's one of my favorite five videos to watch. Yeah, I'll I'll plug that. I'll put that in here. This this whole section I'm I'm probably gonna cut up no, not. quite a bit, but it's good stuff like to, to kind of drop back into the rest of the episode. This is good. Cool. Well, dude, I think yeah, go ahead. Actually, there's one thing I forgot to say 
um, again, sorry, making my core work for you. Um, but uh, it was back in the story about the first time I saw them. I forgot, I forgot one aspect of it. Uh, they were playing their final song. Uh, it was the song KFO. It's off their first record. Um, and the song ends with all these drum breaks where the drums are just like going ham. And there were roadies coming on stage and they were taking apart the drum set. They were literally like taking pieces off the stage. He had like one cymbal left, but he was still soloing <laughs> as they were doing this. And one of the roadies <laughs> just like pops a joint right into his mouth and just like lets out like a fat hit as he's like hitting his last fill. <laughs> <laughs> dude that's awesome that's it, it's it's funny too like that they can just kind of break down that way like it's uh i remember seeing a rig rundown with um aaron marshall of uh intervals and he was saying like dude intervals is intervals can set up in like 15 minutes like like that's from gnarly. the from the from the truck to playing our first note 15 minutes because it's that's literally they they roll in uh the road case with the guitars they roll in the road case with the axe effects units um and the and their wireless uh and stuff is all in one road case and then they roll in uh they put the drums together and that's it like they're 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 done and they they mix it all they mix they mix it all from an ipad like it's it's just done like he's straight up he's like dude we can we can go from the truck to our first note in 15 minutes. They have like, an incredible live sound too. They sound like they're amazing. super good. I, well, I remember we went and saw them at the Shubador, right? Yeah. <laughs> them and, uh, them and uh, who else? Pliny, Pliny. right? Yeah, Pliny. Oh man. And then I think there was another band that we missed. Yeah. I, th- I, I think you're right. Cause Dude, the amount of times I've had tickets to see Covet and then I miss Covet. It's kind of embarrassing. Oh, maybe it was Covet. Dude, or maybe we missed Covet when we went to go see Chon. Remember when Chon played? We, we at least missed Covet. That was one of the many times I had tickets to see Covet. <laughs> Bro, that show was so lit. It was Covet, Polyphia, Chon. And we missed Covet and Polyphia. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, man. I, that's so funny. My dad and brother like saw covet and polyphia like the, oh that's so funny okay yeah they're probably so stoked on it too <laughs> they liked them they really liked them oh that's too funny all right well i think that about wraps it up dude yeah so now you got plenty of content so you can cut out all my all my stuttering and all my thinking and <laughs> Yeah, dude. It's no, this is plenty of content. This will be perfect, dude. This this was a good this was a good app. It feels really good after after the two I did last night that are like possibly unusable. So uh <laughs> wait, make sure you include that statement. Yeah, man. Wait, <laughs> dude, life of a podcaster is not that different from the life of a rock and roll star. I, I know there were some uh, definitely some shows that we had that were nigh unusable because of how drunk we got but uh oh shit, dude. <laughs> uh, well, 
Oh boy. Yeah, we, we won't go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I've that. I've Snow Club for that one. So do I, man. They're, we'll blame it on them for sure. That that whole club is a, a, is a scam, dude. Although I, I'd say we got our money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I think that about wraps it up, guys. Will, thank you very much once again. Uh, Woodjettel on Instagram. Uh, check out Slender Bodies too. Check out uh, I can't say the new band, but um, and of course right, while I'll you're here, my Instagram handle so you guys will see what my what my next project is. But it's W J H E T T E L. There you go. With an W J W J Huddle. And about a month from now, things are going to start happening. That's awesome, dude. So check that out. Check out Slender Bodies. Check out House of Wolves. Um, check out uh, the Real Savage Henry too, if you want. I've never plugged them on the on the program, but there you go. Um, don't forget to follow Redefining Records uh, as well uh, on Instagram. There, this is going to be published via Redefining Records as the sister podcast to Andrew's podcast. Sounds on thought. So check that out, and then uh, follow me, Delta Dagger Music Instagram. That's my current uh band solo project but i also just i'll update you know podcast updates on there too i don't post a whole lot on there but i'll post mean memes from time to time so no um i think that's it dude we're we're all good to go we will see you guys next time thanks john thank you will